This is Lock and Code, a Malwarebytes podcast. I'm your host, David Reese. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Lock and Code. Just last week, we released our podcast trailer, and days later, we are now live. My, how we've grown. This week, we're going to talk about last week, starting with the news. On the Malwarebytes Labs blog, we uncovered a sneaky attack using a fake content delivery network to skim users' credit card numbers and personal information when making purchases online. We reported our findings to the handful of affected websites, then continued ridding the internet of cybercrime, as is tradition. We also looked at the security risks of recent innovations in biotech. Think less human cyborg on the fritz and more malware-infected pacemakers. Still bad, though. And following a survey that showed that one in 10 Americans admitted to using stalkerware against their partners, we tried finding out why the reasons are many, but our advice remains the same. Stop doing this. Just stop. If your partner doesn't consent to you looking through their texts, emails, search history, photos, and GPS location, don't do it. Okay? Okay. In other cybersecurity news, an IoT research group at Northeastern University found that popular smart speakers are not constantly recording our conversations, as many had feared. The research team ran a number of smart speakers through a 125-hour gauntlet of Netflix content to test activations and recordings. They likely spent 80% of that time browsing through titles and debating what to watch before hopelessly returning to the thing they were already watching before they saw the other thing. Vice reported that certain WhatsApp group chats could be found and accessed with simple public Google searches. This time, it's not Google or WhatsApp's fault, but instead good old human error. Let's review. Sharing things publicly that are meant to be private, bad. Keeping things private that are meant to be private, good. The Verge reported that a hacker breached the databases of a vinyl cover maker for phones and tablets by following instructions found in a now-deleted public blog post on Medium. Remember when Medium was only used by venture capitalists? And Tech Republic warned folks that as the Olympics draws near, they should expect an uptick of related online scams. So no, Michael Phelps does not need your credit card number. Finally, researchers found that e-scooters could be vulnerable to cyber attacks, including compromised engines, brakes, and headlights. However, e-walking was deemed much more safe, albeit cute and mildly off-putting. Our main story today concerns the RSA conference, which wrapped up in San Francisco last week. One of the largest cybersecurity conferences in the world, RSA conference began in 1991 and in its first year featured just one panel. The conference now receives thousands of annual submissions, and cybersecurity researchers and scientists across the world present on cryptography, privacy, IT operations, security awareness, and more. This year, to an estimated audience of 45,000, Malwarebytes showcased some of its own tech, while yours truly toured the expo floor, speaking to startups, government agencies, and even representatives for the state of Georgia, which I learned is home to our country's Army Cyber Command. I saw a paperclip magnet gun, I saw a vendor stand advertising beer that actually served coffee, and I saw one person dressed in a head-to-toe fox costume, which maybe they were at the wrong conference. I also learned about everything from data agnosticism to data destruction. Take a listen. My name is Michael Harstrick. I'm the Chief Global Development Officer for Garner Products Incorporated. 
So today we store data predominantly on magnetic devices, tape and hard drives. Those are mechanical, they have an end of life. At the end of life, you copy the data somewhere else. The question is, how do you make the old device secure before you dispose of it? So what we do is we make a machine that degausses it. It simply erases the magnetic field that was the data. Therefore, the data no longer exists. There's no conceivable form of recovery, and it is now safe for you to dispose of the device. Gotcha. And why is it also so important that this happens in the day-to-day, uh, particularly for, let's say, like business consumers? Almost all businesses, entities, government, uh, healthcare, entities in America today have some sort of risk under data protection liability. So there are different laws that everybody faces that if you breach consumer data, you are liable for it, you cannot discharge that liability, and it's a very expensive and embarrassing process. We make sure that doesn't happen, at least no data breaches on this endpoint of your security platform. I also looked for this year's theme, the human element. For at least one vendor, the concept was perhaps overbroad. Okay, can I get your name? And yeah, your... my name is Cash Rafis, and I am a Senior Director of Product Marketing for White Hat Security. Last year was pretty packed. A lot of people were coming in, and the theme was more like DevOps, DevSecOps. Yeah. This time, people are talking more about the human element. But I think human element is pretty broad. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, can be, it right. can be the human expertise in your team right. who can help with all the vulnerabilities, you know, security posture. Yeah. Or it can be the human expertise, you know, like, I think the industry is growing faster, and yeah. they need more people with expertise. So that kind of messaging is a, is a bit mixed. Some people are talking about more, you know, we need to hire more people with a security background. And some companies are talking more about, you know, hey, we, we have the human expertise that can be an extension to your security teams, right? Luckily, we have someone to clarify this topic, to help us understand RSA Conference's theme, and to dive deeper into how the conference itself takes shape. We're talking today to our guest, Britta Glade, Director of Content and Curation for RSA Conference. Britta, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. Let's get right into it. Let's talk right about RSA Conference for 2020. The theme is the human element. And this is something that RSA Conference does every year, right? It, it sets sort of a, a theme and it finds a sort of also a thorough line, it looks like, between all those submissions. Before we dive into 2020's theme, can you tell us about, about the process of kind of deciding for you know, the next year's theme? Ooh, how the sausage is ground here, right? You know, it's interesting. And for the, for the marketers who are listening here, you understand that no marketing campaign is, is you know, hatched in, a, hatched in a second. The process of creating the theme is actually about an 18-month process. We're, we're working right now on, you know, what, what are some ideas for 2021? It goes through many, many iterations. Many things get shot down. We iterate. We look at different things. There's the words and there's the visual representation. This year's, you know, came from a culmination of that whole process. It was different, though, this time, David. Usually, we shoot down things multiple times. <laughs> um, poor marketing firm. But this, this one just resonated. You know, you look at where we are right now in history. You look at the discussion of you know, fake news, you look at you know, social engineering, you look at disinformation campaigns on one side. You also look at you know, how organizations are changing the composition of those groups, how people are reporting, how people are communicating you know, horizontally and vertically in different ways. You look at the infusion of artificial intelligence and, and how, how do we harness technology in a different way. There's the, ooh, scary man versus machine. There's the, ooh, great, you know, the Wally, the Wally scenario in the mind of we're all just getting fat. 
fat and happy and sitting around and floating around and, you know, technology is taking, and then, and then there's the somewhere in between. So it really feels like the person we're really in a starring role in a very important, impactful way. And, and that really, I've been here, this is my sixth conference. And I look at some of the past ones I involved was when involved mm-hmm. with, you know, power of opportunity, connect to protect change. I have them all sitting here on my desk. Now matters. And last year was better. Those have been a little bit more esoteric, if you will. This year was more direct. And that certainly flowed through in the submissions that came. But we really, you know, it just kind of hit us hard, frankly, where the person and what uniquely makes us human and the incredible power of humans to connect to share, to engage, to collaborate. And that's the power of being at conference. And that's really what we feel the role of conference is to the community. So human element just just stuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, since we're talking about human element, I saw that and also about this RSA trend report, right? For yeah. a few years now, you folks have been putting out a trend report about what you saw in speaker submissions, which I think is just a great way to, again, sort of collate this enormous wealth of information. And we saw in the most recent trend report, uh, it kind of opens it saying like, you know, there's this possibility that a conversation that keynote speaker from last year, Tina Fey, actually had that that could have been tied to this year's human element. Can you explain that a little bit more, that conversation with Tina Fey that happened supposedly? (laughs) (laughs) That that, that mysterious fix. No, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting when we look at our closing, and then I'll just I'll just take that one directly. Our, our yeah. closing keynote speaker. There's always great discussion about this within the industry of a oh, is this entertainer relevant to me as a security practitioner? Is this yeah. that you know people people really care deeply about yeah. who is on that stage at the end of the conference? Tina Fey. We announced Tina Fey. Tina Fey is awesome. Uh, read her book. Watch her shows. She's brilliant on so many different levels. Actually, we could put a link in your podcast here. People can look at the clip. We can only put a highlights reel out there from last year. But it was really interesting. And I am so blessed, so blessed to be able to work with Dr. Hugh Thompson as our program chair. Hugh's brilliant. Hugh did that, that interview in the Hugh Thompson show. You know, really the direct relationship that our industry, cybersecurity, has with, and what Tina was, was representing, you know, improv, working with people developing shows. There's mm-hmm. there's so much that we have in common. And, and that's what was teased out in the course of that conversation. And I think some people came into that room, oh, I'm going to be entertained by Tina Fey because I've been busy all week and I deserve to, you know, just be able to kick back. Mm-hmm. And, and you were entertained. She's, she's a brilliant entertainer. Right. But looking at, you know, again, to the baseline of what is it about all humans that is the same? And it's the same reason why we're entertained, why we can be trained, why we can be impacted. There's elements to just how people are wired. And yes, that was, to be fair, we already had strongly in mind that this is what our theme was going to be this year, but it definitely cemented it. The threads were there that made a whole lot of sense. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've already talked a little bit about you know, a lot of the things that are happening right now, but I wanted to kind of directly address it. Why do you think that the human element is an important topic to, for discussion in the security world in 2020? Well, who do you secure, right? right. You secure computers, certainly. You, you secure architectures, you secure big, huge ICS systems, you secure all of that. But at the end of the day, 
there's people, there's people that are involved. And it's interesting. There's a lot of discussion with, and this is discussion that's, that's been there for the past couple of years, you know, is, is fear the best way of motivating people is the, Hey, I'm going to beat you up and embarrass you publicly. If you don't pass this, you know, did you find the phishing message this <laughs> month that was sent out to you or not? Are we going right. to publicly flog you or are we going to positively reinforce or, you know, there's, there's many veins of thought and I will leave that to, you know, the psychologists and different companies and then their practices with what's best. There's mm-hmm. certainly a whole lot of good information there. We have a track called human element. There'll be lots of good things, good things shared there. But again, it, it's not just human element doesn't just equal training. For example, this year, and this, this was interesting. We have three different sessions on three different tracks. So three totally different program committees and groups thought this was important on user interface design, which yeah. You think, oh, you know, this is a security conference. Why does that matter? And yet it totally matters. How do we engage with product? What's intuitive? Where do we go? What do we, you know, I have a niece who's, who's two years old. You look at a two-year-old, how they engage with something and something so, (laughs) so intuitive. You're, you know, the flip side, you know, you've got a 50-year-old who you're delivering product training to and how do they engage? It's super interesting how we're engaging with humans differently across product, across team composition, across everything that we're doing. Yeah. Can you dive into how you saw this year's theme bubble up in, like you said, the the 2,400 or so submissions that you received? You bet. You know, not every submission boils to a theme, nor would I encourage everyone to try to, because this this year, David, it was interesting. It was the gymnastics that some people went through to try to tie directly to a theme. It was interesting. So that happens. You see folks like try to work that in to struggle or weave it in. Yes. And some, (laughs) and sometimes it's super interesting. And sometimes it's totally, we're not looking for almost 500 sessions that are about human element. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the goal in having a theme. Your theme is as much the visual and something that, you know, coalesces something like you said last year better. That yeah. one was a little bit more abstract and I've never seen this before. And I don't know, and this was not intentional. We didn't set out to, Hey, we want to have, you know, 500 sessions on human element. And right. so we're going to, you know, again, certainly we have a track about human element. We have human stuff that bleeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, for example, privacy track. This has been a mm-hmm. growing conversation in our industry. Very important growing conversation in our industry. One that's near and dear to you, I know. But, you know, and you look at, you know, a couple years ago, GDPR. How does GDPR impact that? One could say, oh, GDPR, that's a policy. How does policy then get mm. taken and woven into GRC? You know, what, what compliance factors do people have? What are the lawyers discussing differently? So, so you look at those kinds of things and, and privacy, which is a, an even bigger meteor track this year. Mm-hmm. The operationalization of privacy was so much more mature this year than any past years that we've seen in submissions mm-hmm. that have come through. I think GDPR was the pusher that went there. You know, CCPA, certainly we're going to see kick in next month. But the human piece there. So we were seeing the, mm-hmm. that human conversation show up in privacy conversations. This one's a, a, an easier leap. You know, the, the human conversation in a, an orchestration conversation. And, and, you know, how are organizations employing orchestration approaches to better free up humans and human capital to do things differently? How do, you know, threat intelligence, that, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. 
that was somewhere where interesting, you know, that one burst on the scenes a couple years ago, everyone <laughs> and their brother had, you know, they different frameworks they were using for threat intelligence sharing. Some of that, you know, aligned with, you know, that was, that was kind of the rise of socks and how are, are socks being used and oh, for good socks, we need to be sharing information and ISACs <laughs> were super, you know, powerful and some really good, important work being done. And then threat intelligence almost fell off the face of the earth. Last year, there was limited. Huh. There was some that was there, but not yeah. nearly the, you know, if, if we were to use the Gartner curve of adoption, right? Are we in the trough of disillusionment? And now we're coming back out of that with the tangibles that are there. Blockchain would have gone through that same yeah. little cycle. And it's interesting to look at, you know, when we get away from cryptocurrency conversation and blockchain in a different application. And I'm wandering all over the place with this conversation with you. But <laughs> but that's, you know, those are the places we see that human woven from an AI perspective, from an orchestration. And, and I think, yeah. frankly, you'd be hard pressed to find any topic, any topic, anywhere where there's not at least some human piece, there's a human that's being manipulated, there's a human that's being attacked, there's a human that's being able to do their job better because mm -hmm. of some technology. And that thread is very important for us never to forget the human piece. Yeah, just a sec here, I have a fire engine that's going okay. Right by my that's window. very human. <laughs> They're going to save some humans somewhere. You manifest perfectly, perfect timing. <laughs> On the submissions, I'm also curious if there's ever any, like, is there a stereotypical or an archetypal submission that absolutely just isn't going to get accepted? And it might not be obviously like topic. I'm thinking of things like someone submits and says, I am so-and-so and I am the best cybersecurity researcher that's hit this planet, you know, in the past 10 years. And so you should be lucky enough to hear me bestow onto you my knowledge. <laughs> like, are there, you know, are there types of submissions that just will never be accepted? What are my trigger words? Is that what you're, is that what you're asking for here, Jim? Yes. Yes, there are. And I so appreciate you asking this question. This, and this is important because I, I do take very seriously the stewardship responsibility that we have in reviewing submissions. I believe, and, and we you know, distill this upon our program committee, if someone has gone to the effort to submit, someone cares deeply about mm -hmm. this. And there are so many different perspectives and there's an importance of us listening to each other. However, RSA conference, we are product and solution agnostic. If you submit something, you know, I, Britta Glade, senior product manager of the best new product that is going to change and revolutionize how everything is going to be done. And in my presentation, I will present features and functionalities and you just cannot, that doesn't belong at conference. It belongs in your booth on the show floor. Absolutely. This is the connect with your buying public. It does not belong in the agenda for RSA conference. You know, our attendees come here to learn. Our attendees come here to one of the most important parts of the decks that we ask our presenters to put together at the very end. It's called the apply section. And you know, our goal is anyone coming here, you're going to leave with very tangible, specific action that you're going to take as a result of what you learn. What are you going to do differently in your job next week? What are you going to do differently in three months? What are you going to do in six months? And there might be things you, know, you might present on some amazing new vulnerability that's been discovered. And well, there might not be something that I, Britta Glade, sitting in the audience can do specifically mm -hmm. because of that. But 
I can have a conversation within my organization. I can be looking for different things. I can be, you know, assembling different groups. We very much want anything delivered there to be specific actions. So, so submissions that are directly tied to a product or service offering, it, it doesn't belong. It's mm-hmm. likely not going to make it past me because my program committee is super busy. These are working professionals. I want to make sure everything that I, that gets into their hands for consideration. And many of those submissions go to three or four different groups for review because, you know, like we talked about human element, there might be a, Ooh, consider it for human element track, consider it for privacy track, depending on how it's written. That's who reviews it for the context of, you know, what belongs there. Mm-hmm. But also the other thing that makes me so sad is when a submission comes through and the title is really great. The short abstract and the longer abstract say, oh, you got me. I go to the session detail and we always, always, always tell people session detail. This is the most important part of your submission. And you can tell it was the marketing person or the PR person was assigned to do the submission for someone. Ah. And it's, they've cut and pasted from a white paper. It's very general. It's not specific. And again, there's so many potential considerations for the content. That's the part that sets it apart to the program committee. They want to know what uniquely sets you, David, up Mm -hmm. to be the foremost authority to be presenting on this. And that's not to say you're supposed to be humble in here and all of that. You position your authority. You're, You're an authority. You have expertise somewhere. But make sure that there's really, really good depth of detail here. It yeah. shouldn't, doesn't have to read, it shouldn't read like a white paper. They don't even have the complete mm-hmm. sentences here. We want to know <laughs> what is in your presentation that's going to set it up very uniquely and very effectively for the audience at RSA conference. Also, you know, we've been talking about submissions. We we referenced the, the RSA trend report a yeah. couple of times here. You know, in looking at it, you're right. There's, there are tons of no, no better word here, trends here. Uh, and I see, yeah, there's a lot of submissions on, like I said, human elements, secure products, IT and OT security, there's privacy, there's framework, security awareness. There's even one for communication, which impressed me. Just, you know, it seems like it's talking about how chief information security officers can be equipped to communicate with their own organizations. Uh, but more broadly here, I'm asking, what surprised you about this year's submissions? Mm, that surprise word. Well, one I've already mentioned, which is that, you know, it's the operationalization. I've worked really hard on how to pronounce that word, you know, (laughs) the operationalization of privacy. That was an exciting one to me, honestly. And I might sound silly if I'm saying it surprised me because I guess that's very predictable. Again, Mm. often I think it's the tail of the GDPR, but that's exciting to me. It's, It's super, super exciting. You know, for someone who comes from a privacy background, you might say, oh, wow, cybersecurity community, you're finally catching up with us. Mm. You know, our community, the RSA conference community, the power of this community, I think of it, picture if you will, it's a Venn diagram. You know, yeah. we have we have the pieces of the circle that, you know, there's really strong work being done individually, but the power is that overlap point. The power is the very center of that Venn diagram. And that's that's the power of the RSA conference community. It's the people and the intersection of conversation that doesn't necessarily happen on its own. It's that privacy person interacting directly with a DevOps engineer, with the lawyer involved also in the conversation. And that you know, it's that ecosystem of our community and all the different pieces and our ability when we really do 
engage and overlap and share and debate and disagree and, and work mm-hmm. together, that's when we, that's the plus 10 effect. And that's what we need as an industry, right? We, we need, yeah. we need to work together to get there. So that, you know, that was, that was one. I also really, the ITOT, and I keep calling that, you know, that's the blessing of not Petya, you know, call me the rose colored glasses. I'll always choose to find something good out of anything, you know, not Petya. And, and the, again, forcing different groups together within organizations that maybe didn't work together before that suddenly have to. The opportunity then to do things better. I go to last year's theme there, right? right better. Right. <laughs> but the, as humans working to do something better, <laughs> hey, see, the bridge breaks the tears. And that was an interesting one. And you look at, you know, there's elements of ICS in there. There's elements of 5G in there. There's the supply chain, right? You know, all of the ramifications of the pieces. But really, that was, surprises may be the wrong word, but the I get excited sometimes when I see things coming together again these coalescings of different pieces of a conversation that is like wow that that's a plus 10 factor and we have a big opportunity there those were two that i think were kind of exciting this year yeah yeah and then finally um we'd be remiss to talk about rsa conference without talking about encryption without talking about cryptography so just kind of broadly what trends were spotted in this year's submissions that concern encryption and cryptography Well, we have the cryptography track, and that is way out of my brain. No, we have we have this amazing group of academics. Actually, that that's that's and I and I am glad that you take us back to that. You know, back to that 1991 session that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, where it's these brilliant, passionate cryptographers who were concerned. Again, to our Venn diagram, that early days. These are technologists looking at policy that's developing, that's maybe the concern of those there was, you know, this is ill-informed policy that is going to impact us on a, on a technology and a business standpoint. The power of the mashups that we have and the importance. And you know, it's interesting, one of the most favorite sessions at RSA conference is that cryptographers panel on Tuesday. And these brilliant, you know, we've got the R and the S of the RSA algorithm who are there together with some are our newer cryptographers, some are, you know, what Diffie's usually involved too. You know, just discussing because this cryptography will always be current. <laughs> there will always be trends. There will always be activity going on in cryptography. You know, is this the year of quantum computing? Well, looking at the trends report, you know, that, that one's been, that's kind of like, is this the year of PKI? Well, it was there for about 10 years. And so, so you, you see that there. But back to our privacy conversation and back to our human element, homomorphic encryption. There was some very interesting submissions and some other things in and, in and around that that were pretty unique. Also to that, you know, the cryptography track that's done, that's a program committee about 30 members deep. They're academics, researchers from across the globe with all kinds of really interesting cutting edge research. Many PhD students involved with that. Those folks come together and, you know, share the content of what's on that track is largely geared toward academic proceedings. So the actual presentation is researchers reading out from white papers and research that they've done. So that part of conference is a little bit unique. There's never a lack of very interesting cutting edge work being done in the field of cryptography. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, like you said, it's it's always going to be interesting. There's always going to be current technology and there's always going to be current movement. Like you said, on cryptography, it's been important for, you know, 20 years, 30 years. I'm sure it's going to be important for another 20, 30, 300. 
I hope. Until we are ashes in the ground, David. Yes. <laughs> Britta, that is all I had. I wanted to thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you. And, and thanks, you know, thanks to your audience, you guys, important part of this community as well. And, and this, is, this is a powerful community. I'll leave you, David, mm-hmm. with one thing. This is actually, you know, those, it's the heavy reading that you get involved with as you're trying to fall asleep at night. And I was looking at the, the World Economic Forum's 2019 report. And this is actually, we ended the trends yeah. report with this because it, it's pretty sobering, actually. So World Economic Forum, very important group looking at you know what's impacting the world, the globe, across all things. Mm-hmm. Two of the top five likely risks to the world. So two of the top five. This is yeah. the extreme weather events, failure of climate change mitigation and adaptation, yeah. natural disasters. Those are three. The other two are squarely in our space. It's data fraud or theft and cyber attacks. Wow. So it's pretty sober. You, 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 again, this great organization, two of the top five, this is our community's opportunity to solve. You're not going to solve climate change in a single year. You are going to solve natural disasters and, and all these, you know, those other things too, they're impacted by things outside of your control. But two of the five, this is our community's work to do. And that can be scary. It can be exhilarating. We have an opportunity here, dare say a responsibility to yeah. do some work here. You know, we're pl- planet Earth is fragile. Planet Earth is important. Um, we can do things. We can do things ecologically. We, we all of us have things individually that we can do. So circling back to the human, each of us humans individually and collectively, we can make a difference here. And that's why RSA conference exists. That's why we bring all these minds together. That's why you know we have some fun, but we also share some some really important personal experience, organizational experience, and hopefully help all of us to do things better so that we impact the world for good. Britta, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't have said it any better. I won't even try. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much again for being on our show. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. 